coming up next on the Passionately Married Podcast. A lot of people, I mean, talking about what you feel is helpful, right? Cathartic to get it out. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do about it? And so to have some type of concrete action, I find to be really helpful for couples so they can really sink their teeth into it and they have some structure with how are we going to improve this? So we have an interesting relationship, Pam, as a, as a society and a culture with, oh, I thought you with meant technology. You and I had an we interesting relationship. We have an interesting relationship, relationship too sometimes, okay. but um, with, with just technology and culture mm-hmm. that um, now it's harder to be disconnected than ever before, even though I think we have the illusion as a people that we are more connected, Right. Wait, because it's harder of, to be disconnected? Yes, because of technology with text messaging, phones, yes. messages, yes. and emails. Right? It's harder than ever to actually disconnect from um, people. Mm-hmm. But So there was actually a high-touch communications as a company that they did a small little survey a while back, a couple years ago, on just how quickly do you expect to receive a response from messages from the following recipients. Okay, okay. this will be interesting. So during non-work hours, and we're just talking about text messages, they also did voicemails and um, Email. emails, mm-hmm. but we're just going to do text messages. So for clients and colleagues during non-work hours, how long do you think before you're supposed to receive a response? For a text? Text message. What would you guess? Would you give them as a... For non-work... Non-work hours. Uh, I... My guess is people want to be responded to within like four hours. Okay. Well, they actually thought it was appropriate for about 24 hours. You have about a day. Good. To do that. Good. Uh, Family members and friends, roughly 15 minutes is what they wanted. And a romantic partner, a spouse. Immediate. Five minutes. (laughs) They wanted five minute response time. Now let's go to during work hours. How long do you think clients and colleagues... Family members and friends. What do you guess? Well, I was so far off before. <laughs> uh, so, c- coworker, I would, I don't know, within, I'm going to go with the four hours again okay. during a well, work day. Actually, is, they want an hour is what's kind of an idea of coworker, client. You want, they're usually thinking for a text message. Why haven't you responded? It's been an hour. Yeah. But romantic partner or spouse. I think you get more leeway here. I would expect because I'm still working. Five minutes. Five minutes, really? <laughs> yes. Hello, I might be with the client or something. I understand, but it's still this is this is part of what creates the issues we can have. Is I expect immediate conversations and immediate connections, and we don't always get that. Now you you do want to take priority over other things. I totally get that. But wow, the expectations we put on things. Absolutely. Speaking of expectations, we probably should start the show. So welcome to Passionately Married, (laughs) where we're trying to cultivate the space between you and your spouse via conversation starters and actions that you can take that will propel your life and marriage forward, where each week we have conversations with uh, fascinating people and sometimes those fascinating people are you and I. Right. (laughs) So if you got some feedback or something we've missed, let us know, 214-702-9565 or feedback at passionatelymarried.net. So today on the regular version of the show, um, Dr. Wyatt Fisher has joined me. And this was a a conversation we got to have about, he has this five minutes a day to take away conflict question. 
That's interesting. Is the way he frames it. And it's just a, you take some time out each day and this will really help take away a lot of the brooding conflicts you can have. Oh, well, I haven't gotten a chance to listen marriage. to this one yet. I'm excited know, to hear because this. because we've had all kinds of conflicts going on. And so as soon as you can hear this, then yeah. you and I will have, take it all away, right? Right. Like you and I have been, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You see where I went there. Shock yeah. value. <laughs> yes, it totally was. And then the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads. You can subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. He has a deeper question and action you can take, which is called the head and heart check, which helps enhance intimacy and connection. And then when you combine that with the tool he has during the regular version, it's a, it's a real great way to feel deeper and more intimate and connected all the way through. So this isn't necessarily just about the spousal relationship it's for any kind of conflict or is it the focus really on relation no the, this is this is really relationship. for the spousal com- communication gotcha. and conversations that take place i'm looking and, forward to and that. that connection so all that's coming up on today's show well this is fun because dr wyatt fisher's joining me and for today's episode and uh, as we're recording i just was on his show like the hour prior and now so it's like a two-hour conversation i get with dr fisher but this time I get to run, run the ship. <laughs> so, so Dr. Wyatt, it's so glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me on your program. Absolutely. And so uh, you, you've been doing a lot of the same work we do in the sense of really specializing in marriages and relationships, really trying to enhance connection, really trying to uh, deal with conflict. But yeah. um, what are some, let's start with softball. What's some of the most common things you come across and then how do you address them? Yeah, I mean, some of the most common is unresolved resentments. And so first thing I do with couples I see in my practice is I have them make a list of all their unresolved resentments, the categories. And then I teach them one of my tools um, called the Reunite tool. And then every session, we just take one resentment at a time and just work through that resentment. Um, And then that covers like the first phase of my work with couples and depends on how many resentments they have. So that could last either six weeks up to you know, 18 weeks just to get through those resentments. The reason I start there is I've learned through the years, nothing else goes well when there's active resentments. It's hard to have sex with someone you resent, hard to go on dates with someone you resent. And so if the resentments aren't cleared, nothing else really works. So where do you find the resentments are coming from? I mean, how how do you, how do you, how do you capture that? Cause I have a thought too, but I'm curious what you're sure. I mean, they can come from all sorts of directions. Um, The categories, common categories, categories could be parenting, you know, just differences in parenting style. It could be lack of sharing power on decision-making. It could be sexual problems. It could be emotional intimacy problems. It could be conflict resolution style. It could be around finances. It could be around in-laws. And so there's so many big categories when you're in a marriage with someone where there can be ruptures and conflict. And then that's the stuff we're not taught. You know, we're not taught what do you do when you're starting to feel upset or hurt or offended. And so often we either stuff it or we get antagonistic or we pull away or we blow up and none of those are constructive. And so that's where a lot of couples come in with all these unresolved resentments and they're just not quite sure what to do with them. Okay. And so the way I'm hearing you talk about this is uh, it's a systemic thing. It's a relational thing where it's playing out between each person uh, Mm -hmm. in in context with each other. Yeah, because every unresolved resentment, it's another brick in the wall between you and your partner, right? And so for us to have a chance of getting closer again, we have to address all these bricks between us. 
And each of those bricks is usually a different area of resentment. Okay. So I'm curious because this is a phrase I came across a couple of years back um, from a, a fellow podcaster and clinician that I've done a whole lot of training alongside too. And she uses the phrase that resentment comes from cowardice. How does that land with you? Hmm. Uh, what does she mean by that? I use the, I, I, I love it because I think it comes from, I didn't speak up when it first became a problem. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would say that can be true, but not always true. Cause other times you may try to bring it up, but your partner gets defensive. They get combative. They don't take any ownership. So you've tried, but it hasn't gone anywhere. It's fallen on deaf ears. It's hit a brick wall. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it might be fear of bringing it up. So we don't, but other times it might be, I've tried bringing it up several times, but it always blows up. And so I've learned not to bring it up again. Okay. That's good. So I, I'm just, I'm just curious. Cause it's anytime I yeah. come across some different, uh, because in the field we work in, you know, there's a lot of different approaches and, yeah. and there's not a, here is the ultimate, this is what you're sure. supposed to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a right. lot of it is defined by, uh, the clinician themselves, the situation, how you view the world, how you view humans, you know, there's a yeah. lot of factors that are at sure. play. So anytime I come across somebody new, like yourself, it's fun to just, okay, where are we in yes. lockstep and where do we see the world a little different? Because I think this, this segues into where you were wanting to go today, which is the idea of conflict that it, I, obviously is resentments are a part of this, but mm -hmm. what are you, you talk about, you have some, uh, some tools or some ideas that really do help couples navigate this world and this aspect of your relationship a whole lot better and easier. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. The reviews are in. Honey Love came out on top for best wedding day shapewear. With wedding season upon us, this is the ad you've been waiting for. Whether you're a bride, mother of the bride, a guest, or looking for an everyday outfit, Honey Love is your go-to for all things shapewear. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get 20% off your order with the code PASSION at HoneyLove.com. Support our show and check them out at HoneyLove.com and use the code PASSION. My experience with shapewear is best described as one of love-hate. I want to accentuate my shape, look and feel sexy, but it usually comes at the cost of being uncomfortable and reaching the point of, I can't wait until I get out of this thing. Which... I love both those sides of it. You're accessible you your shape and when you get out of you the You love thing. it when I get Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing the natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Get shape and support. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% at honeylove.com with the code PASSION. Use our code PASSION at honeylove.com. So one of the sponsors for today's show is the friends of ours at the Adventure Challenge mm. with the many dates that they've come out with. It's 30 new challenges. They're scratch-off adventures. They can be completed in under 30 minutes and unless, of course, you want to keep things going longer. And just recently, Pam... Um, I had a chance to connect with them, with several of the people mm -hmm. that are running 
parts of the adventure challenge as the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, words don't express how impressed I am with with what they do mm-hmm. and how it aligns with what we do, because I think we're all people that are trying to find ways to connect deeper, yeah, and have more adventure, have more energy, have more pizzazz, have more creativity at times in our relationships. And so the adventure challenge scratch off dates are a fantastic way to capture many dates in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because how often do we have times where we just stumble upon time one night? Yeah. Yeah. Both of the kids <laughs> happened to be out. We had no idea they were going right. to be gone. We didn't have anything that we could really plan ahead and it just turned out. And yeah. so this is a great way. Grab a card, scratch it off. Many of the, many of the dates require no prep or any extra money to make the, get the material to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It just helps frame the environment so that you can then take it and run with it in your marriage. So order yours today at theadventurechallenge.com and you can get 20% off your entire order when you use our special code PM20. So if you're looking for a way to spice up and add a little bit of adventure to your marriage and your relationships with these mini dates, go to theadventurechallenge.com, get 20% off your entire order when you use our special code PM20. Yeah, and I'm definitely a big fan of tools um, because a lot of people, I mean, talking about what you feel is helpful right? Cathartic to get it out. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do about it? And so to have some type of concrete action, I find to be really helpful for couples so they can really sink their teeth into it and they have some structure with how are we going to improve this? So I've created a variety of tools for these common pressure points. And one of them is definitely conflict. So many couples I see, and I'm sure you can relate, one of the biggest problems is what we're just talking about, which is how do I bring up the hard stuff? You know, Mm -hmm. how do we talk through the hard stuff? Um, Because if we can't address those things that happen on a daily basis or weekly basis, then it's going to start fracturing our connection, our rapport, and then everything else is going to break down as a result. So this tool is it's on it's for conflict resolution, and it takes about five minutes a day. I call it the bullseye question. Okay, it's very simple. And it sounds really basic when you first hear it, but then we can unpack it and it gets more complex. But what you do with the bullseye is you're going to ask each other once a day, what's one thing I did right today and what's one thing I could have done better? So that's the question mark. What's one thing I did right today? What's one thing I could have done better? And there's one ground rule. All you're allowed to say in response is thank you for the feedback. Okay. Now, there might be, there might be moments where you're confused and you don't know what your partner's referring to. Those are probably few and far between because right. most of the time you just may not like what they're saying. But if you're literally confused, you can ask clarifying questions like, help me understand what you mean by that or can you give me an example? But once your partner answers, then all you're allowed to say is thank you for the feedback. Now, there's a lot more to say. We're kind of unpacking this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the bullseye, just pure and simple. What's one thing I did right today? What's one thing I could have done better? By the way, I'm saying one thing on purpose because you don't want your partner to then spout off 10 things you could have done better because then obviously that's overwhelming. Um, <laughs> right, because I can see that happening where it's like, I'll give you yeah. the one thing you you did well. And then I got, I got you, how, how much time you got for what you could have done right. better because I got a lot. Yeah. yeah. So don't say what could I've done better today because you could be opening up a whole can of worms. So a couple of things with this. So one is, you know, most partners don't praise each other. Right. It's just human nature to look for the bad, look for how they're screwing up, look how they're not meeting my needs. And so because of that, you know, most people feel 
taken for granted and they wish they felt more appreciated. And so that's why it starts there. Um, because when you have to ask, when you ask your partner, what's one thing I did right today, that's good for both partners right? because it helps the partner giving the feedback, look for the bright spot. So they're cultivating an attitude of gratitude. And then obviously it's good for the listener because they're getting to hear what went well. Um, so that's the, a positive when people do that though, I notice they'll start with something really simple. Like, well, I appreciated that you shoveled the driveway or I appreciated that you unloaded the dishwasher or I appreciated that you took the kids to school. Um, so I didn't have to. So what I always encourage couples to do in those moments is now talk about what did that say about your partner that they did that? Cause that turns it from appreciation into a compliment, right? That moves it, that so moves I, it from, it's not the, here's how you made my life easier today. Uh-huh. Instead, it's yeah. here's who you are as a person, or at least it's closer to that side. That's right. And that, that hits deeper. So instead of, I thank you for uh, shoveling the driveway, then you would say, and that really reflects about you, that you're a hard worker or that you were thinking of my needs. So I didn't have to shovel the driveway. You were being considerate. Mm-hmm. So you start using these, these descriptors about your partner's character, and then it really starts to sink in deeper, yep. that compliment. Uh, so that's that's a nudge a lot of people need when they're given that appreciation. And I think that's a, an important one, Wyatt, because if you think about it, how often do we have a framework that is really just all about my world? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's that right. You made my life easier by doing this. Man, thank yeah. you for serving me in that way. <laughs> or, sure. Or being a part of my staff. I mean, we joke about in my household, I have people for that. Right. That like, why can't the kids get their stuff in the dishwasher? And my wife will, because they have people for that, meaning me, I do. Uh, uh (laughs) Right. And, but it's just seeing it as, okay, if you can recognize that subtlety, which is actually huge. Yes. To getting it about character or uniqueness of that person or a emotional bent or a a skill set they've learned and honed or they just uniquely have that's, that's right. a different that that's a deeper impact like you're describing much deeper yeah and it takes a few moments mm-hmm. you know when i prompt couples to take it further and say okay so that thing you just said that you appreciated what does that say about your partner and they have to think like well you know that did show that they were being thoughtful or they were being sensitive or they were being really compassionate or they were being you know very loving or whatever it is and then when they make those comments it makes both people feel better also because then you're like wow i'm married to someone who has like these great qualities and then when you hear about those great qualities you're like wow that made me feel good thank wow. you that's yeah. good so that's huge i read a study one time on like i think it was 15 or 20,000 couples and what it showed is that the couples who made it through hard times the best were the couples who said thank you the most. Yeah, wouldn't that be similar to uh, was it Gottman's work of the the five to one? What, yeah, the five to one or nine to one or you know that. Yeah, yeah, and it seems right. like there's an element of truth that's ringing through in all of this. That's right. Yeah. So the more you express that, I think Gottman's five to one is uh, healthy couples have at least five positive to one negative interaction, go. but then really healthy couples have even more like you know, nine or 10 positive to every one negative. But yes, so compliments, appreciation falls under the category of a positive interaction. And so we need that, right? We need to feel overall that things are more positive than they are negative. 
And that's and, all that goes back to your statement earlier of making it about the person, not what they've done for you. Because if I keep it about what they've done for me, it's not necessarily a compliment of them. If their map of me is I'm selfish, <laughs> then they see true. it as, well, yeah, I, you didn't really complimented me. You just complimented how I helped make your life easier. <laughs> right. Yeah. And both are valid. You know, I think it's okay and helpful to express appreciation for what you did that did make me feel good. It helped me. But don't stop there. Then take it to that next level. Of, and this is what it says about you. That's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So the appreciation is huge. Um, so when you get the constructive feedback, this is the part that couples don't ever do also. And so we don't express our negative complaints or our frustrations or our hurt feelings or our needs not being met. We don't really talk about it proactively on average. Um, and then it builds up. And then we blow up or we detach or we get passive aggressive. All these unhealthy things come out because that negative energy has to go somewhere, right? And so often it will come out in our behavior in some negative way if we're not able to say it. So one analogy I use with couples is like a bike tire. And if you're pumping air into that tire every day, that's the stress of marriage. And there's no release valve. Eventually that tire is going to blow up. And so just having a daily time to be able to get out a complaint. So there might be some days where there's no complaints and that's, that's great. Like those are great days, but just knowing you have a daily time to share and clear the air and get things off your chest, that in and of itself is sometimes all we need. Just mm -hmm. being able to say it and knowing that the, your partner is going to follow that ground rule is key. So if you're going to bring something up and you know, your partner's going to get defensive, you won't bring it up. So that's where that ground rule of all you can say is thank you for the feedback is so imperative because over time, that's going to build safety. And the key thing you want to make your partner feel in your marriage is that it's safe for them to bring up constructive feedback. Because if I'm getting defensive, if I'm getting like combative, if you bring up com uh, any type of constructive feedback, you're going to stop bringing it up, most likely. And now, indirectly, I just encourage you to bottle up. Right. Right. And so in the beginning, a lot of people are a little nervous to try this because they're like, ah, I don't want to start a fight. Understandably I don't bring stuff so. Up. The history with this yeah. isn't good a lot of times. It's a little scary. But what happens if people are really disciplined following that ground rule, thank you for the feedback, they start feeling safer to bring up more real topics and then they feel, start feeling more open and they can completely change the culture and the relationship if they do it on a regular basis to reassociate like, wow, it's actually safe to bring up some constructive feedback. Whereas before I would just hold it in. Mm -hmm. No, I, I like that. This is what comes. There's a Dr. Glover. I don't know. No more mission. Ice guy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. He was, he, he's been on the show a bunch and we were talking one time about, he has a, uh, he, he, he uses some of what you're describing, but I think it's a lot more laser focused on a particular thing coming just from him, not relationally. Mm. Um, and so he'll have something he's trying to work on. Like it could just be, I'm trying to be a, a whole lot more consistent and following through with what I say I'm going to do. And so we can make that agreement with ourselves and not tell anybody. And then we can let it slide all the time because we don't really have anything to hold us accountable, if you will, or be accountable mm -hmm. to. So he would do this with his wife where there would be a relational component he'd be working on. And at the end of the day, he actually made up a chart that you would find uh, in restaurants or public bathrooms or something that says rate how rate the cleanliness of, you know, and there's yeah. five, five different faces <laughs> of how did I do? Uh -huh. And at the end of the day, he would give her, how did I do? 
give me give me the rating on how did I do on this? And the, mm-hmm. with the caveat you're adding of it's great data for me. It's not to explain or rationalize or defend or justify. Yes. Instead, it's okay. Now I know I need to, I let that slide or I don't see it quite that way, but okay. I, I care about your perception and my impact on you. So now I know how to take that data and adjust it. Mm-hmm, that's right. And if you're following this approach, this bullseye question, it stops blind sides because this is what happens, right? So we get frustrated, our partner hurts our feelings. And what do we do? We, we like say a sharp comment right in the moment and they don't see it coming. So they get blindsided, then they get defensive, then we feel invalidated. And so we get frustrated. And so if you practice the bullseye, you don't have to do that anymore. And you can remind yourself, I don't have to bring this up right now because it's going to be a blindside because I know we practice this bullseye thing later in the day. That's when I can bring it up. And so that's a huge issue as well. Because if you feel like there's never a time to bring up a complaint, you're just going to start randomly bringing them up. Right. And that's going to lead to blindsides and then defensiveness. Um, so or it leads to that's all to you're it. bringing up is it yeah, becomes like just it's a complaint fest the whole time. And then it goes True. both ways because it's almost like, well, if you're going to just complain all the time, how about I'll let you have it too? That's right. And that's part of that defensiveness as well. Like what? You think it's my fault. That's actually your fault, <laughs> right? That's just human nature with what we do. So that's a nice element to it. Um, also, when you get that feedback, right? So let's say you know, your partner tells you like, hey, you know, this is great. And this says this about your character. And but this thing you did over here, you know, this really hurt my feelings. This is where most of the work occurs is when you get the feedback, and so it's human nature to want to justify ourselves and explain why it wasn't our fault, how it actually was the circumstances or it was actually our partner's fault. That's all that defensive impulse that we all have. And that's why if that ground rule is not in place, that's what we'll do. It's right. just human nature. So when you get that feedback, there's something I teach called the 50% rule. And what that means is you're just looking for the percentage, the sliver, the kernel of truth in that feedback that you feel is legit. Because sometimes you might get that feedback, that constructive feedback, and you may think, you know what, that was not me at all. That was circumstances. That was like a one-off, a fluke. So I can just let that go. Other times you might get feedback and you may think, that was all me. I got to really work on that. That's like a huge growth area for me. But most of the time, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle where you're thinking, yeah, that was kind of me, kind of not me. It was actually these other things also, but there was a part there that I contributed but the beauty is that you're in control as the listener of deciding what's the part of this feedback I agree with and that I think is legit. And because of that, it keeps our defense walls down. Okay. Because if I'm being if I feel forced to own something or if I feel forced to agree with a, a complaint, that's that's what brings out the defensiveness. Mm-hmm. However, if I feel in control of that process and I get to choose what part of that complaint I think I need to work on, that's going to keep my defense walls down and my internal motivation up for follow through and to do something about it. Cause no one's cornering me. No one's telling me what to do. I'm in control of that process. And so that's, that's a huge game changer for people with that interpretation. No, that's great because I think that's that element of, I I'd have something kind of similar, I think, in some regards, the way I think I'd, I would frame it in the question of when you're getting that feedback and I find myself getting riled up because it's like, how dare you? Or here, you know, I want to explain it away when I can have the courageous moments of asking myself, 
what in there is true, like you're describing? Yeah. Because there's got to be a percentage that is. Yeah. Because I have impact on people. Sure. And even if it's not malicious intent, it still is impact. Yeah. And so when I can ask myself, what is what in that is true? What's possible? Right. What what am I blind to? You know, all mm-hmm. those kinds of questions, I get a chance to enhance myself or solidify myself so at least my spouse knows who they're up against. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right? It's sure. like, no, no, no. I am never shoveling the drive again. So I thought we already understood that. And <laughs> so that's just yeah. part of my character. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's this is where iron can sharpen iron. Right. In marriage, right? Because if there's no method, no mechanism to be able to give one another constructive feedback, we miss out on the opportunity to get refined because all of us have blind spots. We all have growth areas. We're human. However, most marriages, like 99%, don't have any safe method to give and receive constructive feedback. So therefore, it's few and far between. And when it does happen, it causes fights. But if you can buy into this idea that your partner is actually one of your, if not the biggest personal asset for your development, And this is a tool that can help you leverage it as long as you remember whatever feedback I get, I am not expected to own all of it. It's up to me what I do with it. It's up to me what part of it I choose to agree with and work on. Again, that keeps my internal motivation high to do something about it. And then that helps me keep working on myself to become a better version of myself to become a better partner. That's great. That is so good. And I, I love it because it's five minutes a day. It's like at some point, yeah, carve it out, exactly. have that, that touch base with each other, get the information and you're off to the races because you've, ba- you've actually in a lot of ways raised the floor of where you're mm-hmm. operating. So That's then right. you can deal with other things a whole lot better and a whole, the connection is a lot easier. And I mean, it seems like it just makes a whole lot, the, it's a better starting point day in and day it out. It is. Perfect. And the other nice thing with the two is if you you both know like, oh, here's our time. We're about ready to do the bullseye. This is the time where we're going to give and receive feedback. And so you enter into it knowing what's going to happen. And that's such a huge issue because, again, if you get that constructive feedback randomly and you don't see it coming, that's when we get defensive. And so you know, oh, yeah, this is our time to do this. The other thing about it, too, is who has ever heard your partner say to you, what could I have done better today? I mean, that's such a rare, rare question to ever hear anyone ask us, our partner to ask us. And because of that, most of the time, I would say the majority of the time, that makes us feel so thankful and appreciative mm-hmm. that they're even asking that we automatically want to say it in a c- kind way. Right. And because we're so thankful, they're even asking us that question. And because of that, there's no rules with how you say the complaint. There's no like, you got to say it this way. You got to avoid this word. You can't say this because a lot of times with conflict resolution tools, there's a lot of rules with how you're allowed and not allowed. But from my experience doing this tool, partners are so thankful. Their partners are asking them what they could have done better. It automatically puts them in this yeah. posture of wanting to have good manners. It's already in, it's already in a more open stance yeah. to That's everything right. that it's, it's yeah. that dynamic of, I think of. This is a, another thing I've come across that's so powerful uh, with group work or with just individuals or people, not in the therapeutic context, although it fits. Um, there's already a, a, a spoken arrangement in the therapeutic context, though, of they're coming to you for a reason. So they were they're already a little more open to what you may say. <laughs> but, yeah. But if I'm like in a social setting with people and somebody's just talking and talking and talking and it's actually complaints, just the subtle. Can I make an observation? 
statement changes mm-hmm. the dynamic if they say yes to it. Sure. Because sure. now they're all of a sudden more open rather than if I go, you know what you should do is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's like, shut up. What do you, don't tell me what to do. Right. But if it, just that subtle, and that's kind of what this, this same thing is built on. Yeah. Is similar principle. How, what, what could I do better? Is yeah. a different, I'm open to your feedback rather than hit me with it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Or, or not saying anything at all. Perfect. And your partner gets fed up and then they criticize you. That's good. So yeah. why as we, as we wrap up this first segment, how, how can people find you and the tools and work with you and all the, and the show that you have and, and everything you're doing? Sure. Yeah. The best place is my podcast, the Dr. Wyatt show. Uh, I put out one podcast episode a week. They're usually about 15 minutes or so, really practical to the point. Um, so that's the best way. So the Dr. Wyatt show podcast, uh, my website is drwyattfisher.com and you can find me on all major social channels at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Perfect. Well, man, thanks so much for the, the work, the collaboration, the tools, uh, and just the making people better. That's, that's yeah, so my good pleasure. and needed. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Corey. Well, it's amazing to me how um, it just, most of the time, babe, just takes intentionality. Right? It's just yeah. when, when we can carve out some time and be intentional, it really does help ward off a lot of things, doesn't it? Well, it does. It, it puts a different focus on me individually. It, it lets you know that I'm here and I want something. So that changes the mindset. There's a lot more give and mm-hmm. grace when we're seeing that both of us are being intentional and putting, putting our best foot forward to try and make something work. Right? Totally. Totally. So, well, this has been passionately married where again, if you like the show, we say this every week, let us know two one four seven zero two nine five six five, and also help spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, jump on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, rate and review. Um, if we use your comment on the show, uh, we hook you up with some a cool a cool gift, just as a way of saying thank you. Transcripts are available on each of the show's pages for each of the episodes pages. If you go to passionatelymarried.net, you'll find each show, and there you can find all the transcripts for each show. You can also find all the advertisers' deals and discount codes at each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net. So please consider supporting those who support the show wherever you are and however you're taking a little bit of time out to spend it with us and hopefully away from some technology and don't answer those things right away. You know, it's okay. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time out with us and we'll see you next time. Mm